Hey, it's Cullen Bunn, and you're listening to New Pod World Order, because you're awesome. Home of Totes Milady, Cult of Dave, Soldier of Pod, Not Your Mama's Football Show, Lights in the Sky, Hubba Baloo, Welcome to the Alamo, Comic BS, Talk Nerdy to Me, Talking Cod Swallop, Always Bet on Geek, and Robot Dinner Party. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the talking... Okay. <laughs> I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop podcast on the New Pod World Order Network. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast, Talking Codswallop, right here, man. Welcome to the Talking God's Wallet podcast. With me today, I've got Jeremiah and Gabby. Hello. 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 Every time I saw your name, Jeremiah, I just wanted to go, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> that's that's pretty, yeah, they had a lot of folks, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that, by the way. That's a great song. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing, because, um, you know, obviously, it would probably annoy you after a while, isn't it, if everyone did it? <laughs> When I was younger, yeah, absolutely. But as I got older, I just, I just grin and and uh, I love it. I th- I think it's funny. Yeah. So. <laughs> and sorry, Gabby, I didn't have a song for you. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably if I um yeah if I really think about it, I'll probably I'll probably think of one, but it'll probably be off mic. So never mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> The reason why you're on today, not only is it because you're lovely, thank you, but you have got a new project that you're undergoing. But it's probably not that new anymore, is it? It's still newish. Uh, absolutely, um, yeah, it's new. Um, we haven't really started uh, selling any produce or veg, you know, any microgreens yet. Um, we're still doing our build out and getting our paperwork and all that stuff in order. So yeah, absolutely still new. What's the company name that you've got again? Blueberry Glen Farms. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was just looking on Twitter very quickly just to find it. So, so how did you come up with that name? We live on Blueberry Glen um, Court. That's the name of our street, and it just uh, kind of worked out perfect for us. We thought, you know, that would make a great name, it, you know, and uh, it was really, it was really fun to do the uh, graphic logo too. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of been everything's kind of just been falling into place. It started with the road name, and then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's good when things just work out like that, isn't it? Because, Mm -hmm. yeah, it is a really good name because it just explains pretty much what you're doing, doesn't it? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and what is it, like, just so that your audience knows, what is it that you're planning to do? We are going to be growing microgreens. Um, basically they're just baby greens. Uh, they're, um, 
not necessarily a sprout. Um, I mean, they are sprouts in a sense, but they're not like a traditional, like an alfalfa sprout where it's, um, you know, they're usually grown in a container, light deprived. Um, um, they're more, um, how would you say, more succulent. There's more water uh, content in the in the. Whereas the a sprout. sprout and a microgreen is grown in dirt mm-hmm. and it, we let the first leaves come out, the cotyledon, and then when the first true leaves start coming out is when we harvest. And so they're about like four to five inches tall, whereas a sprout is typically like one to two inches long, you know, they're used. Yeah, they're used kind of like sprouts on your sandwiches or your wraps or anything like that. But they can also be thrown into a smoothie. You can juice them. You can have them as a salad or with your salad. Yeah, they're they're definitely um, really good for enhancing flavors of, of, of different foods and stuff. I mean, you can even throw it on. Like, I tried smoked salmon and radish sprouts. That was really good. Oh, okay. Um, that sounds quite yummy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's quite nice as well because you know that you've made it yourself as well, isn't it? It's homegrown, it's all natural mm-hmm. and everything. So Yeah, absolutely. There's a really big movement going on right now with food. And I think it's important that people get back to, you know, growing their own food. And if they can't, um, you know, go into their local farmers markets and, and, and supporting a local culture rather than supporting a monoculture. Because our system now is like something like the 12 12- biggest producers provide or something like that I, my numbers are probably off maybe 12 to 15 of the biggest producers in the united states um service most of the food industry and they they do a lot of monoculture and their crop techniques and it leads to all kinds of problems and um you know it's just it's i think it's just a lot better to go with a local model and try to um you know so it, it's i think it's healthier it's fresher um, and the flavors are better um, overall. So um, it's good to support local. And that's that's kind of where we wanted to go. Yeah, I um, I completely agree with that because coming from a, um, well, uh, from like a town that is very much like the, uh, is very much farmer type environment in this town. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of like farmer's markets, like you say, that people do go to. And it's nice because, you know, you can, you know, it's all, you can see that it's all fresh and that it's all, you know, not processed and not being injected with whatnot, you know, kind of thing. So it's it's quite nice to actually see it that way, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have like a specific like climate that you would need to grow microgreens? Absolutely. Um, you can you you can do microgreens indoor and outdoor, and you can even do microgreens in a um, like a field crop setting, um, like out you know just out on the dirt or whatever. Um, they you just they're typically like most vegetables. You want to know their their temperature range, what they're good for. Some microgreens like it cool. Some microgreens like it warmer. Um, each of them are different. Um, we have chosen to go with the indoor model and our leg up that we feel is that we will be able to produce microgreens year round. So not just during the summer boom, when everybody has greens and greens are everywhere, it'll be the dead of winter, you know, where greens are very few and far between other than at a grocery store, which is great. But a lot of it comes from the lower 48, meaning it has to be trucked up here or shipped up here. And by the time it gets to us, it's old and it's already on its way out. 
Um, so we're excited about doing it indoors and we've got supplemental lighting and thermometers to keep reads of all the temperatures and fans and whatnot. Yeah. It's important to have good ventilation. If, if anybody's listening that, that, you know, we're curious about it. Ventilation, I think is one of the most important things because if you can get some good airflow on the greens, you can keep down problems with molds and other bacteria and stuff. Cause that is something that is, is, is of a higher concern because they're just so more, the, the seeds are planted so densely that if the seeds don't germinate properly, they die off, they create mold problems and stuff like that. But sometimes, a lot of times, a good airflow, good temperature can typically resolve some of those issues. Definitely sounds like you both, um, you know, like obviously you've put an awful lot of thought into the, the background of doing this, but what kind of inspired you to do it in the first place? Well, <laughs> I'll let Jeremiah handle this one. Okay. Uh, yeah. um, as I don't know if you're... Alaska legalized cannabis and we we had been cannabis growers for personal use for many years probably going on nine ten years now and um, we were very interested to get into the legal cannabis industry and after the regulations came out and after the government got into it and started doing this, the you know building code and zoning stuff um, it, it just got extremely expensive uh, to get into the industry, people putting in two hundred to five hundred thousand dollars for a small scale operation. Oh my goodness! It was yes, it got to be messy, and we had potential investors. But um, the thing that made me pull the plug on that, um, the federal political landscape for cannabis right now, and is not. <laughs> let's just say it's not uh, friendly. It says it's. And if anything, it's hostile. Yeah. And even in our state, there are certain people in our state legislature that are that they would they would love for it the the cannabis industry to go away altogether. Um, and so that's kind of when I pulled the plug, and I you know, and I thought, gosh. And for a while, I was depressed. I was sad. I didn't know what I was going to do because I'd put a lot of effort into. Um, I mean, I started helping the. Uh, um, the marijuana control board uh, draft regulations. I was providing input. I was putting a lot of energy into trying to get something started. Um, going to city council meetings to try to work with them on zoning. Um, pushed. I pushed my heart out so hard and put so much effort into it. And then just I was I was pretty devastated for a while. And then I I don't know. I just started looking into YouTube videos on growing food. We were thought thought about doing a you know a bigger garden this year. Um, we do a little bit of gardening each year, but it's nothing. Nothing on the commercial scale. Yeah, Yeah, it's not commercial. And I came across this guy named Curtis Stone, and he's on uh, YouTube. He's Urban Farmer Curtis Stone. And this guy has all these kinds of videos on on urban farming, just small-scale farming and also microgreens. He's really strong on microgreens. And I looked into it, and I go, you know, I have a lot of experience growing indoors in a controlled climate. I could apply that to something that is more, you know, a little bit much easier to get into in terms of getting into the industry um, and less regulations. I can actually ha- have a bank account, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> um, I can, I can, you know what I mean? Like it, it made, started to make sense to me. And I thought, you know what, let's do this. Let's try this. And we just started doing little trials and tribulations of, of microgreens and, um, you know, just getting as much knowledge as we can from Curtis and other f- other um, farmers that are on YouTube. Um, 
and yeah, that's that's how we came to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a really good backstory in a way, isn't it? But I mean, congratulations on getting um, weed legalized first of all. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that does that make it easier? to like obviously you you grew your own anyway didn't you but like in the purchasing side of things does it make it easier because i actually don't smoke weed so i i don't know you know fully but well um, there are definitely stores we here in our little town of homer do not have any legal stores just yet um but up the road, about 80 miles north of here, there's like five or six places you can stop and go. Um, we're still at the high price and waiting for it to level out and the market to level out. I don't know that it will here in Alaska. Typically, everything's more expensive up here. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have also, yeah, we've been growing our own personal for so long. We'll probably still do that, just cut back to not as much because we're utilizing the space for the microgreens. Yeah. And eventually it'll get, you know, out of the, out of the building and we'll use that for microgreens. But one thing, uh, um, you know, the great part about legalizing in Alaska is that it did allow for us to grow up to 12 plants per household. And as you know, we just, we grow our own. We don't have to go to the store. We don't, you know, and so, that's the nice part about it is if you don't want to be part of the industry or you don't want to go to the store, you can, yeah, just grow your own. Yeah. I think that way anyways, it tastes better. I know what's going into it, you know? Yeah. So again, again, with, you know, like with the microgreens type thing, you don't want all the processed crap that go in, not processed, but you know, all the chemicals and stuff mm-hmm. that go inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's all mm-hmm. natural, but yeah. Um, I know that, yeah, there's a lot of organizations out there that are like dead against it, aren't there? But, you know, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it's, uh, you know, tough titties, <laughs> as we'd say in the UK. <laughs> but, um, also for medicinal reasons, it's definitely good. Uh, you know, like cancer sufferers and things and people like that, you know, uh, that's, that's my opinion, but. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And. With the microgreens, we are looking at purchasing organic, non-GMO seed, and the soil we use is from Anchor Point, which is a town about 15 miles from here. So it's local dirt and organic seeds. Um, it's the best that we can provide. You know, that's our goal yeah. is the healthiest, most organic with, yeah. With a low budget. Just sort of soil thing. and water. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I think, you know, it's going back to olden days in a way, isn't it? That, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's just like grow your own. And um, am I right in thinking that you're the first in your town? There, um, yeah, I think we're the first uh, winter. Uh, well, we're the first ones that are focused on year round operation. I know that there are some f- some of the farmers here. Uh, at the farmer's market, they do bring in a, occasional uh, microgreens. I think there's some pea shoots flying around, but it's not uh, – I don't think anybody's like hard focused on microgreens only. I think they're mostly focused on using it as supplemental to like their salad mixes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So you're – yeah, you've got that kind of niche that you've got that, A, you're doing it all year round, but also you can – you know, is options to do um, – options to like – use them in different ways i suppose as well isn't it so which is good mm-hmm. absolutely very versatile yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> and we're looking at like growing wheatgrass for 
have a couple local places that do fresh organic juices and we can market the wheatgrass to them and to consumers who want to go home and juice it as well. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you need to sort of look into every everything with this as well, doesn't it? It sounds like you have already, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've yeah been... we've been pretty obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good. You've got to, you know, you've got to really think out what you're going to do and you know, and we're going to learn a lot, I'm sure, in the future, and we're going to make some mistakes along the way, but um, I'm, I'm, we're just excited. So We are super excited, and the feelers that we've put out to um, potential customers um, have been really great, and we've gotten really great feedback, and we've got um, some sample trays that we are starting now that are going to be given away, and yeah, hopefully that'll reach more people and get them interested and versed with microgreens and yeah super exciting it, it does sound it and um you've also got a is it a gofundme that you've got set up on um it you know to help towards the costs and things did you want to sort of talk about that briefly as well well not briefly you can go sure. in, into great detail <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah we did uh yeah we did set up a, a gofundme and um it's uh it's called uh help bring blueberry Glen farms to life. Um, it was just a small, um, fundraising amount. Um, uh, I've seen some other GoFundMe's that are like hundred, $250,000. Ours was only set for 3000 and we've already achieved one, one, you know, we've already passed the, uh, 30% mark or 33% mark. So we've basically, we've raised a thousand out of, uh, $3,000 and, um, yeah, we're, um, it's going really well. Um, and, um, I just, if anybody out there that's listening to this podcast that donated, thank you so much. Like seriously, yes, that thank you, thank you. It is awesome. Um, crowd crowdfunding is is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, yeah, just. Uh, I think it's good as well because the general public can feel like they're helping towards things as well. You know, like because as you know, I donated a little bit as well, but um, to you know, because it's a good cause. It you know. You might not necessarily, Joe Bloggs, as in me, for example, mm -hmm. doesn't know how to do it themselves. But, you know, for somebody to actually have the courage to go off and, like, you know, learn about these new things, then, you know, you should support them, in my opinion, which is why I wanted you to come on here to discuss it a little bit more as well. So, so that people could have, like, a proper good insight as to what, um, what it is that you're actually doing, you know? <laughs> so. Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you so much for inviting us onto your podcast. Oh, I really yeah. appreciate that. And um, yeah, I really like the idea of GoFundMe because then you can support other people. And I really like the idea of people supporting people. I think it's really awesome. Yeah. Well, it's hard to get... Uh, one thing about getting financing in Alaska, well, in any pretty much anywhere in the United States, I would imagine, is that you... You, when you're a new business, it's hard to get a loan from a bank. And, um, I mean, you can get personal loans, but, um, it's hard to get, you know, like a revolving line of credit through a bank unless your business has been in operation for like a year or longer. And then you've really got to have, you know, you've got to have sales sheets and all that stuff so that they want to make sure that, you know, you, your business can actually pay the loan. So, 
it's difficult to find the money at first. And uh, yeah, crowds, crowdfunding does help alleviate some of that. I don't understand banks at all because I kind of understand from their point of view. Obviously, they don't want to take the risks or whatever. But sometimes in life, you've just mm-hmm. got to take a risk, haven't you, to you know be able to you know to see if something can happen. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's not like you're not going to have to pay back. You know what you've borrowed and with interest. You know, because let's face mm-hmm. it, that's what the bank's all about, isn't it? Making interest. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, grr, banks, grr. <laughs> They're terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't like you. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and how do you package microgreens as well? Is that quite an easy thing, you know, when you're taking them? One thing that we've been, we understand and that we've kind of also seen in the grocery store too, you know, is that the microgreens, they're so delicate, they're going to need some sort of like vented packaging, like, um, like just like an alfalfa sprouts, they'd come in a package that has vents in it. Or like a strawberries or like cherry tomatoes, that little plastic container. Um, we're looking into plant-based compostable um, packaging. So we're not adding to, you know, having a bunch of plastic that we're also selling, you know, giving away with our microgreens because we're not, yeah, we're looking at sustainability and good for the planet. Yeah. Um, and we've gotten some samples in the mail and we're trying to figure out which size we like and which container we like and, you know, to hold appropriate amounts for going to market or going to consumer. We're putting our feelers out there for packaging right now. Yeah, if there's anybody who's got better packaging, we're open to better packaging. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> any ideas? Anybody got any ideas? Yes, yeah, so get in touch. That would be definitely a good thing. Because yeah, any you know you can only research to so point uh, to a point, can't you? Um, obviously, sometimes it helps to have people in the background that are actually sort of you know like advising things as well, which obviously helps helps a lot as well. Because I don't know about you, but when when you start a new project, there's so much information out there that you're trying to, or sometimes it's the opposite that there is like no information, and um, you're trying to sort of. You know, you're trying to find it as, uh, you know, as quickly as possible so that you can actually start your project. But it's just, a, <laughs> I don't know, I'm losing myself on a tangent today. I apologise. <laughs> Let's blame the headache. Um, but no, it's, uh, you know, you're just trying to find stuff. But after a while, it can be like confusing when you actually see so much information, isn't it? Um, you, yeah. You almost, mm-hmm. yeah, you almost need to have somebody there to actually help. And well, I don't know, I don't know. I'm speaking, I'm speaking from myself, really, because it's like when I started doing this podcasting. You know, there is so much information out there about you know how to edit and how to do this and how to do that, and you just need somebody to sit you down and just go look do this and I'm like oh, okay awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> it's like yeah so I am speaking from experience there more than um from your experiences <laughs> but <laughs> absolutely no we've run into the same thing where there's a lot of information on some of the microgreen stuff and then like when we go to look for things that we need to purchase we can't yeah, find them specific information, you know like or specific information it's like hmm okay we're just gonna have to try this and see what happens yeah crash course <laughs> crash course <laughs> yeah definitely yeah and also i suppose it depends on location as well doesn't it mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah because yeah there's part you know there's places like the uk might do something different to uh america and then other parts of america might do stuff 
different to Alaska. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, absolutely, everything's different in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll, uh, why is that? Do you think? Um, we're isolated. We're isolated. I mean, our our border is with Canada. It is not with the lower forty eight. Um, I think we have a different mindset than most of the lower forty eight. I don't know. I was born and raised in Alaska. This is all I know. I've been out of the state probably a total of ten times in my whole life. So And they were short visits. And they were short visits. I've never lived anywhere else. I've only ever lived in Alaska. So maybe I'm being biased. But <laughs> the saying goes you're either born here or you ran here. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're we're kind of I don't want to say outlaws, but yeah. Well, <laughs> it, I came up here about 10 a little over 10 years ago, and um I think the one thing that I seen that was really different when I moved up to Alaska is that people are harder workers up here. Just overall just hard workers because we don't have like like in our town, we don't have Walmart. We don't have you box, know, stores. box stores. We have one one chain store uh, for groceries, and that's uh, Safeway. Um, but we don't have. And then we have of... one McDonald's and one Subway, and that's it for fast food. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah, a very local centered town where where there's a lot of local businesses, and and that's one thing I've seen is that people up here have to work harder because they don't have access to to just an unlimited amount of goods or services even, and so people a lot of people have to do their own work. We see a lot of people building their own houses. Um, and I mean, granted in the Anchorage area where it's more populated, absolutely. There's more, you know, that's the big city in our yeah, state. Yeah. That's a lot more like the lower 48, but most of Alaska, I mean, it's not like Anchorage at all. Um, it's, it's a lot small like Homer, towns. small towns all over the place. Um, and villages that are even smaller than our town. I mean, we have seven Russian villages just down the road from us and they're, they're pretty small. They're, uh, they're even more isolated than we are. Mm-hmm. They kind of have their their Russian Orthodox um, villages, and they still kind of practice the old um, old believers. Old believers, and yeah. they have their own schools and stuff. Um, I think through high school, they actually graduate out there in their schools in the village. Yeah, and then we have all the native villages too, the native Alaskans that um, you know they're all over the place. So uh, that's that's what you see in Alaska is that people have to survive and and our weather and and climate makes that difficult and so um yeah that's kind of maybe where the attitude comes from i don't i don't know they just they're just uh hard-working people that yeah i think in some ways um it's probably nice to obviously have chain places but it's probably quite nice to have um locally sort of buildings as well you know like you know you go down to um i want to say oh diner i was trying to think i was trying to think what the american word was for what i was trying to say um (laughs) you know like and it's actually you know like it's a family-owned diner type place you know and i think you know that's that's quite probably quite nice Instead of like going to a typical um, branded one. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, our town is about 5,000 people in the winter time. So that's like permanent residence. And then in the summer with all the tourists, it goes up like it doubles in the summer of how many people are here. Um, but yeah, every you go to the grocery store, you know, the clerks. I mean, they're the same people that were there last time you were there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's definitely small town living. It's know. very uh, yeah, it's small town living. It's not 
I like it. I've been I here. I've been in this town for about 25 years now. Yeah. Oh, but I am. Um, yeah, because um, the reason why I keep asking so many questions about Alaska, because it's one of my um, it's on my list of places that I really want to go. So, yeah. Yeah. What's it like in the winter? Is is it that because um, I know where you're so high up, isn't it that you have like longer days and it's literally like the sun will be up for. Well, um, right now it's um tw- we have about 12 almost 12 hours exactly of daylight and darkness at and it's march 18th um in the summertime we have about 23 hours of light oh, where wow. we live we are we are south central so um we get yeah when you go north like at the top of the state it's more extreme than what we are but we're still pretty extreme and in the winter time we get about three to four hours of daylight the rest of time it's dark yeah as we go into solstice like especially like this what is it december 21st yeah is when it's the darkest and it is very miserable yeah <laughs> it's not the necessarily the cold because where we live we're coastal i mean other parts of the state get really cold like negative 40 fairbanks yeah uh, no it gets really cold um i think here the coldest it got was like 15 or 12 degrees you this know. winter, yeah, I don't think so it went below it, zero this year. Um, yeah. yeah, so I consider that not super cold. I mean, that's still cold. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. that's still cold, but it's not as cold as like Barrow that's sitting at negative twenty or thirty for yes, a week. That is end. incredibly cold. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird too because those people up there they'll say. Oh, you know, I don't understand why you think it's so cold up here. I think it's colder in Homer. And I ask them, well, why do you say that? And they say, because of the humidity. The humidity yeah. bites, bites. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle negative 40 and having to keep my car running while I fill up gasoline. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't freeze over. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it, it kind of puts me to shame today because, like, I'm a negative three today. But oh, Bert. Because, so I do feel, you know, like feel kind of cold today. But um, I think because we've got like a real cold easterly wind today, mm-hmm. it's kind of like making it almost negative 12. You mm. know, so it is yeah. it is very cold today. <laughs> I'm not I'm not used to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Us little Brits, we're, we're used to, you know, we used to rain and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, God, uh, so. Was that kind of sh- uh, surreal, like with the with regards to like the hours of sunshine that you have uh, actually growing up there, uh, Gabby? Or is it just something that's normal to you? Well, we definitely experience the sad, the seasonal affective disorder. Um, yeah, a lot more so because when it's dark, all you want to do is hide under the covers. Um, it helps having a year-round job. In the summertime, it's hard to go to work because it's so gorgeous and you just want to seize all the summer that you can. But in the winter, when it's cold and dark and you have a warm place to go all day and work, it's it makes it easier and more tolerable. Yeah. Um, yeah, the doctors always tell us to, what is it, vitamin D? Yeah. Shove that vitamin D, you know, down your throat, you know, and it's like. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we don't get enough sun. We don't get it produce. Our skin doesn't produce enough vitamin D. So the other thing is, is you learn how to do everything you need to do outside during the summer, and everything that, like all the indoor stuff, you kind of save that for winter time. And also having hobbies and stuff for winter time helps as well. I do a lot of my 
sewing the I make and stuff at home. I do a lot of that in the winter because I think I go, everybody goes a little stir crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, right now it's March and we up here, we live, um, we live next to the ocean, but our purse, our house is up on the hill. So we have like two and a half feet outside of snow. Whereas in town it's, um, down to grass it's down to grass you know so we're a little bit higher elevation than than our hometown um and we just we live a little bit out of out of town about what eight miles yeah so um yeah they get they get the warm weather they're down in the kind of down at sea level and we're up you know 1100 feet feet? yeah yeah Um, oh yeah, because um, you obviously, yeah, being higher up, the snow would hit you first, wouldn't it? So um, I suppose you're getting the majority of it. So, but yeah. um, for for you, Jeremiah, because obviously you kn- you didn't grow up there um in Alaska. Sorry, I know I seem fixated on the weather, <laughs> but um, oh no, no, that's great. Oh, yeah, no. I was just gonna say for you, was it um, you know, how how did you cope? with the the changes yeah the first couple of years i i was i was going more stir crazy <laughs> uh, yeah. especially in the winter i just uh it took me a couple of years to get used to it and then uh i don't know about year three year four i started it was normal to me and it just it just didn't it doesn't bother me as much i don't get nearly as stir crazy although i still get stir crazy <laughs> um but uh yeah it's a uh, you'd get used to it and you things that I keep most track of are the solstice days, um, summer and winter solstice and, 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 and or equinox. Well, I don't know. Anyways, um, paying attention to, you know, December 21st, I, in my mind now, what helps me get through it is knowing that, okay, we've just passed the darkest day. Now it's going to continue to get lighter. So that way it helps it helps me get through like January where, uh, before it was hard. Um, but to get through January, I go, okay, one more day. We're getting longer days, longer days, longer days. And every day we get what seven uh, at when it's most accelerated, it's like seven minutes a day we gain. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's about where we're at right now. We're accelerating daylight very rapidly and yeah. it's just, Oh, it's, uh, it gives you a bit of a boost of energy. And, uh, uh, summer is, is the exact extreme, uh, it's exact opposite of winter where you're not going stir crazy. You are just filled with so much, Energy. energy and and happiness and everything's green and there's fish everywhere and there's you know there's all kinds of stuff going on and and in the summertime like at solstice it's light until like three or four o'clock in the morning and then it, it gets kind of dusky like you know where you can still see outside it's not dark but it's just kind of dusky for about an hour or two and then the sun comes up <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And just, you're just, like, wait, did I miss it? <laughs> yeah. Um, up here, we um, in the summertime, you have blackout curtains in your bedroom yeah. so you can actually go to bed at a reasonable time because the yeah. sun is literally shining in your windows at 11 o'clock at night. And you're like, I'm supposed to be asleep right now. I have work <laughs> in the morning. And it's hot. <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine it would be hot as well yeah <laughs> yeah because uh yeah i'd i'd absolutely love to come over but i you know like i'd love to come over in the summertime but you know also it'd be quite interesting to sort of come over in the winter as well just to you know see that the, side of things as well if you come over in the winter it's good for like skiing snowboarding outdoor sporting events um we have the iditarod 
dog mushing that goes, um, it starts in Anchorage and finishes in Nome. And um, in Anchorage, they do the fur rendezvous, which is a big party, you know. Um, fur traders sell furs. And, you know, it's kind of one of those It's old. an old Alaskan thing. And then it's the start of the dog mush. So that's a lot of fun when you're up here in the wintertime. Um, but summertime is the time to come. That's mm-hmm. when it's at Festivals its most amazing. Um, you can go to the Denali National Park and, um, yeah, it's just, you see wildlife and everything is out and yeah, it's just gorgeous. Oh, oh, now I'm torn. Which one? Cause you know, it seems like maybe come, <laughs> come in the winter, it might be cheaper, but, um, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, um, and I do like dogs. So, you know, seeing the huskies yep. and everything, that would be pretty cool. And do you see the Northern Lights where you are as well? Um, yeah. On If it's not cloudy, absolutely. And it's got to yeah. be, it's usually cold, clear nights is when it's prime. And they tend to come out at like two o'clock in the morning when everybody's asleep. Yeah. oh that's annoying isn't it because i've I've never seen the um northern lights ever so that's another thing that i'd want to you know like any anywhere that i can you know because obviously loads places like iceland but also like scotland in the uk i can actually go in uh you know go up there and see them yeah sort of bucket list really so um is there any places that you would want to go if um if you had chance outside of Alaska, yeah, oh, gosh, over where you are, yeah, that's that would be always cool. been on the art on my personal bucket list, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I would like to visit some of the old, like Rome. Um, you know, see the Colosseum. I'd like to also come to the UK. Um, oh, gosh, I have a lot of places I'd like. I'd like to go to Australia. Um, I would even like to go to Russia just to look at, just for the reason of looking at the buildings and their architecture. It's just, I find it very interesting. I think over there, um, where you are, all of Europe, all of Russia, it's just got longer roots than America and Alaska, if that makes yeah. sense. We've got a bit more history here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what fascinates me the most about traveling over there. Um, and I haven't, me personally, I haven't really ever been to like a big city outside of like Seattle. <laughs> so anything bigger than okay. Seattle would kind of blow my mind. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to Alaska where it's like wilderness everywhere, not buildings everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, or maybe you should come to, if you come to the UK, maybe you should come to, um, you know, like the counties, you like, sorry, they're all counties, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> county is like a state. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. um, if you come more south, like uh, where I'm from is Dorset. And mm-hmm. it's a bit more countryside and it's a bit more, you know, like nice to, it's very picturesque and, you know, there is parts of this place that I like. <laughs> is there like a lot of, lot of farm, farm community where you're at? Yes. Yes, there is. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We're right by the seaside. Well, my town itself is right by the seaside as well. You know, so it's very picturesque and beautiful. Um, but then Pretty. obviously you've got the cities as well which they are great to go and visit as well because, you know, they're the cities. Yeah. And that's kind of the places where I go on holiday because I am get sick of the sea and I get sick of the countryside, you know, after a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you got to make the pilgrimage once in a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, also I get lost in the cities as well because they're so huge. But, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's an interesting country, this one, definitely. 
So it goes from green to greenery, and then it's um all of a sudden it's like high rise buildings, you know, <laughs> and then greenery yeah. again. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I guess what I have a question: like, is it is it really is it is it really densely populated most most places there, or is there a, still a lot of farm and 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 wildlands there? I, I've I've never really. Um... There are still a lot of um, farming. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's, I'm trying to think because, you know, it's not just, obviously my, it's not just my county that is the, the farming part, but there is quite a huge part of it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, there are, sorry, there is, let me speak properly. <laughs> there is a, um, a, a huge farming industry over here basically so you know when things like um i don't know if you know but a few years back and i'm talking like 15 years maybe we had an attack of uh, what they called mad cow disease mm-hmm. yeah which was quite devastating for our country really because you know there was an awful lot of cattle unfortunately that had to be you know had to be culled and mm-hmm. you know it was it was really sad but um at the same time you know like so you could kind of tell how how much farming that we have in our country at that point because of how many how many people are actually affected if you mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it is it's quite big over here so but and, touch wood, it's fine now. So <laughs> yeah. good. And you said you live on the water. Do you have a fishing community there? Is there a lot of is there commercial fishing that happens in your town? Not commercial. No, it's more people um, want to sport. You know, like, yeah, yeah. There uh, are you know there are of course like proper fishermen that actually do go out, but they don't. Um, they're not sort of fishing in our area sort of thing we're going uh, further out so what what yeah. kind of fish ah <laughs> uh, god i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're tricking me now um yeah. no yeah i know that that you know probably cod is something a massive yeah. thing okay but, i would imagine yeah. some halibut too maybe maybe yeah yeah because okay. yeah um, our our little fish, our little town is a fishing town. I mean, um, we have lots of commercial fishermen and, and sport and sport fishermen. And we Homer, the town we live in, is the halibut capital of the world. That's what, what we it, we, play, that's we claim. What we claim we're the halibut capital. Of the <laughs> I don't know that we are, but we <laughs> are definitely a, lot, yeah. a fishing community. Um, um, at my job that I work for, um, is. A commer- it's called NOMAR and it stands for Northern Marine um, Trades. And we make, uh, we specialize and started making, um, my boss, the owner, specializes and started doing commercial fish uh, bags and um, that hold the fish on the boat to make them cleaner and better. And um, that's what I started uh, learning when I started my job sewing, um, there was industrial commercial fish stuff. We do a lot for the commercial fish industry in our whole state and um, especially our town. Yeah, well, we have got a like a research place um, for fish in my town as well. Uh, I, I think it's called CFAS, but I don't know what it's um, what the abbreviation is. But they, I know that they do a lot of. Um, looking into 
you know, very similar to what you just said. So mm-hmm. looking into, um, you know, the fishing side of things and also, you know, to like make sure it's humane, make sure, you know, like there isn't any chemicals in the water and whatnot, you know, anything that could affect them. So, yeah, so yeah. there is a lot of, um, there is a lot of things in the background that are going on, but it's probably because I'm a little bit uh, blindsided to it because, you know, I'm sort of, I just walk around and I'm like, oh, fish, I'll just pick that up and I'll <laughs> eat it, you know. So I don't really think where that has come from. I just think, yum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got a couple of silly questions that I, normally throw into the mix so um do you fancy doing a few silly questions at this point sure yeah absolutely <laughs> and also just quickly are you do you both listen to tell them steve dave i listen all the time um at work i listen to podcasts all day so i've been through the tell them steve dave catalog more than three times now oh my i've been God. listening to Jeez, yeah I've been listening to Smodcast since it came out. Um, it came out pretty much when I started my job, so it was all serendipitous. But yeah, I'm hardcore. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> I get to listen to it when, yeah, she'll come home and she usually puts her phone out and we listen to it and while I'm playing around on the computer. So I, I listen to it quite a bit. I listen to mostly the TESD one the most. And then we do the the other Kevin Smith ones, uh, Smodcast, and then... Uh, the edumacation and Babylon. Ba- yeah. one yet. Edumacation's um, fun. Is it? <laughs> yeah, um, I like it. That's just, you're the second people, um, second lot of people that have actually recommended it. So maybe I should actually look into it. Um, but Hollywood Babylon is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I do that love Ralph Garman as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On with the silly questions. Okay. Um, if you had a time machine, where would you go back to? Um, and w- well, sorry, would you go back or would you go forth? And where would it be? Did that make oh, sense, a- or do you want me to repeat it? <laughs> no, no, that makes sense. Uh, I just okay. think about the answer I, there. I was giggling because I thought you were going to say, "If we had a time machine, would we go back and kill baby Hitler?" <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. St- I can't steal TSD material. But however, we will answer that question in a second. <laughs> okay, it's a difficult question because I, 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 I could, I could go either way. I could go to the future. Or I could go in the past. Um, I don't know. I've always had a fascination with dinosaurs. I'd probably at least want to go back out and check the dinosaurs out. So I'll, I'll just lean with that for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So you're gonna go? Yep. Actually, that would be quite fascinating, wouldn't it, really? Because Yeah, I'd have to have a lot of defense. (laughs) (laughs) But it also would be like almost trying to find out where we came from, Uh, you know, like how it all really did begin, you know. So that would be quite interesting to go back to that time. Mm -hmm. Um... How about you, babe? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've had longer to think. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe... Just for being silly, I would go back to when they said we landed on the moon and see if we actually landed on the moon. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would also like be it. very good. Yeah, that would end that conspiracy anyway, wouldn't it? 
Yeah. At least for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how many people would actually like maybe believe you if uh, you right. came back. Yeah, because they don't believe that they landed on the moon. So why would they believe yeah. you that you know yeah. you told yeah. them otherwise? <laughs> and would you kill baby Hitler? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <absolutely>. Yeah, I think I probably would as well, or at least. A bit like, um, I think it was Q, wasn't it, that said that he would look after, you know, he would bring uh, baby Hitler. Raise him up. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe instead of killing, maybe leave the baby in a precarious situation where it might die. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't actually have to take the life. I don't know. (laughs) Put it out in the woods with the wolves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. God, imagine if it was um, baby Hitler that actually survived, though. I mean, oh, right. goodness. Oh, man. He'd be even <laughs> worse. Yeah, kung fu, kung fuing, um, you know, like with uh, with wolves and things like that. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> what is your favorite movie and why? Oh, boy. <laughs> I have there's so many good movies. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> What's a list of your favorite movies and why? <laughs> oh my goodness! I got one. I I think one that uh, has been my favorite for a while. Even I mean, it, it just comes out to my mind is is Gravity with uh, Sandra Bullock. Oh yeah, that is a good film. Yeah, that movie was just oh. Every time I watch it, it just. You you just have that same level of anxiety the whole time as you did the first time you watch it. And you're just so, please, survive, survive, you know. And it's just this space thing. I have a lot of fascination with space, so it just kind of goes together. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that film. And it's just crazy. that It's it's basically, well, it's just two people, isn't it? But it's not even really two people. It's just one person, you know. And, like, what's his name? George. Yeah, that's it. Georgie boy. He's, um, <laughs> he's... You know, he's uh, he's just kind of like a bit part in there in the film, really, yeah. isn't he? So, yeah, it's she did do a good job. I do like Sandra Bullock as an actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of ours that we've watched probably twenty times is Land of the Lost yeah. with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Oh yes, and um, yeah, we watch that one all the time. For me personally, um, I'm. It's either going to be Tank Girl with Lori Petty or it's going to be Heathers with Winona Ryder. Um, maybe because I've been watching them since I was 12 and I, I don't know. They're two of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, because I, like, I do like Heathers as well. I haven't seen Tank Girl, so um, maybe I'll check that one out. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's, yeah, based off the comics. It's silly. Do you read a lot of comics or is it just, um, you know, because I don't read comics personally, but I will watch the comic, you know, like it, I will watch like the Marvel films and the DC films and things. I prefer Marvel, of course. But um, yeah, so I just wondered if if you actually read the comics beforehand or uh, if you were like me, really. We're definitely more like you at this minute. Um, When I was younger, I definitely read myself some comics, but not the Marvel or DC. I really didn't get into those. I was more into like Tank Girl. Um, The Max was another one I liked. And then I had my collection of Mad Magazines. I really liked Mad Magazine. (laughs) <laughs> when I was when I was growing up, I didn't really collect um, comic books, but my friends had them. I'd read theirs, or 
Um, we had arcades where I grew up, and and they had all the mar- you know they had the Marvel video games, uh, arcade games, and so that's kind of where I was at with the Marvels. I played the video games a lot, um, and uh, yeah, same thing. I, I definitely love the Marvel uh, universe more than the DC universe, especially. I mean, their yeah. films are just the DC films just fall so short. They do. It, they do. They're shocking, aren't they? Yeah. I think Wonder Woman and Man of Steel yeah. out of this new reboot have been the hands down the best movies so far. Um but I agree still, with Wonder Woman, yeah. I I I mean Marvel is where it's at. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they do Justice amazing. Justice League fell short. Of course, I think Justice League, the hard part about Justice League is that kind of Thor Ragnarok came out at the same time ish. Yeah, um, you can't compare those two movies to one another. No. they just don't. They we just watched them back to back: Justice League, then Thor, and it was yeah, yeah, hands down, Thor was a better movie all the way around. Yeah, and Marvel have got they have got the the trick of doing that as well, haven't they? Every time that DC bring out a film, you know, yeah. Marvel is lurking in the background to bring it out around about the same sort of time. So they are little cheeky little gits, those ones, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> DC never stands a chance, does it? No. No, <laughs> no but comics-wise, if I was to read any, it would probably be more the image brand, you know, like, um, like Walking Dead. Yep. And things like that. Yeah. So more horror, because I quite like horror type. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, I, I found that I was buying more image comics than any other company, I'd say. For sure. For sure. Because somebody gave me um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I haven't read it yet, but um, it's actually the like the real story. So it's actually more like a horror type mm-hmm. version of it so you know because i actually did like the tv program when i was younger so you know it'd be actually quite interesting to read the read the comics so that i can sort of get the contrast of the two you know for sure let's see other silly questions <laughs> sorry <laughs> no that's okay i'm always apologizing i'm one of, i'm a typical brit i always apologize <laughs> and then i um i cut out all the sorries and all the ums <laughs> <laughs> make myself actually sound like i know what i'm talking about <laughs> if you won one million dollars what would you do with the money i got an answer you still thinking you go for it okay if i had a million dollars i would put it into a business <laughs> <laughs> i thought you i would might find a way i would want to find a way to duplicate that money i would want to <laughs> You know, I, I wouldn't go out and buy a new car. Maybe. Um, might buy a new car. Well, I was thinking, like... But, yeah. Man, I could finally, like... We could redo our house just a little bit. Like, put the addition on and maybe get a well put in. So then we could get a washer and dryer. That's what I would do with my million well, that's dollars. good. That would be create equity for ourselves. We'd have equity because, we, yeah. you know, so that would be... A m- I would a put it back into my house and... And my business, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love the fact that you're really practical with it. <laughs> yeah, because most people are like, I'm going to go and buy a jet ski. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm getting, well, not a jet ski. That's pretty lame, isn't it? But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'll go and buy a mansion on the top of a mountain, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but no, I like, I like your response, actually, because it's just, you you know, even though you'd have a million dollars, you'd still be down to earth, you know? So hopefully that would be the goal. I wouldn't want it. I mean, I'd probably go and blow some money on a nice, nice restaurant. I mean, we'd probably blow some of it. Go on vacation or something. 
but yeah, for the most part, we'd probably reinvest it into ourselves as much as possible. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And also, if you put it in the bank, you know, the interest alone, you'll be able to live off anyway, wouldn't you? So, Oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that's just reminded me that I haven't checked my uh, lottery tickets as well from yesterday. So I better hurry up and get off this and then uh, do that in a moment. <laughs> Not really. Um, well, I will be checking. <laughs> so if I if I win over a million, I'll, get, I'll send it your way, okay? All Heck right. Yes. Heck yeah. <laughs> Like I'm talking big time, you know. Like if I if I win ten ten pound, uh, yeah, yeah, then uh, it's <laughs> going to be different. That. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're not having a cut of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's one of your biggest peeves? My biggest peeve is waiting. Like if I call a cab to go somewhere and they're like, "We're on our way," and I have to wait fifteen minutes. That waiting, that's my biggest peeve. Uh, for me, I'd have to say technology that doesn't work like it's supposed to. <laughs> like oh God, the internet, yeah. like the internet going down or an application not doing something or, you know, like you post a comment and then you can't see it anymore. And you're like, wait a minute, how am I, what is going on here? That's what drives me crazy. I think it was more my confusion around technology as well, personally, that, you know, because I'm, I'm a huge technophobe. So if uh, <laughs> if something comes up, I, there's a lot of learning that I've done in the last uh, last five or six months. Yeah, <laughs> just learning how to like use Skype properly and how to add somebody into a call. <laughs> you know, it's like, so <laughs> silly, but it's um, one of those things that you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh boy, microgreens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um. I'm going to say dill pickles. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I probably, um, gosh, I could, this is one's, this one's really hard for me. <laughs> this is, I like a lot of different things. Um, gosh, one thing for the rest of my life, it'd have to be something healthy that I could live off of. Um, I can't live off of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chocolate's healthy. <laughs> I don't know. I, if I had to choose, it'd probably be something probably going to be chicken. <laughs> well, I suppose yeah. At least you got um, you you get a bit more nourishment out of that <laughs> than chocolate. Well, yeah, chocolate though. <laughs> Chocolate's pretty good. It's close second. Okay, well, you can have chocolate as well. Okay, because that's your dessert. Okay. Yeah, we can have two then. That's awesome. I can yeah, that. that's fine. And- <laughs> So you got one of you that's eating dill pickles, yeah, <laughs> yeah coming out of the coming out of your bum. Uh, coming out. Oh, sorry, I didn't eat bum. Thanks. <laughs> I really didn't mean that, but there you go. It fell out, so there you go. That works. <laughs> but yeah, so there's um yeah, and then you got chicken. So maybe I suppose you yeah, as you're a couple, you can combine the two and have dill pickle yeah. um dill pickle chicken. Mm-hmm. We get our meat and vegetables. We we'll just share each other's plates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to discuss with regards to um, the the microgreens projects? 
that you're working on or if you did you manage to cover everything that you wanted to discuss i think we covered all the high points that we wanted to talk about and again thank you everybody to who has donated and thank you for donating and we really appreciate it and we are just so excited and enthusiastic about bringing this all to life yeah and if there's any listeners out there that are kind of maybe like maybe we're in my shoes where they're just kind of struggling with a business idea or something like that you know look into microgreens they're really it's a really simple easy investment um there's a little bit of learning to do um but uh you know like i said look at curtis stone that guy is like a video encyclopedia on microgreens and um you know, this is something that a lot of people can do in a really small space. So if you're struggling with income or something like that, check out microgreens in your area. There probably is a demand for it. Um, that's yeah, that would be maybe the pro- yeah, that's the last thing that I would add is that anybody can do this. So give it a shot, look it up, see what you can do with it. Yeah, brilliant. And um, also on Twitter, um, where and like social media in places, where can people find you? We are on um, Twitter. Um, it's B Barry Glen Farms is our Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, and then we have, or just Blueberry Glen Farms works uh, if they just search that way. Um, and then we also have a YouTube channel, which is also Blueberry Glen Farms. Okay. Um, we've only got two videos up. I think I'm going to make a new video later today and I'll get it uploaded. But um, yeah, yeah, those are the two places that we have right now. We're staying away from Facebook and Instagram, but um yeah twitter and youtube will be where we're at okay fantastic and when um when this episode drops as well what i'll do is i'll i'll link the uh your twitter into the post but also i'll put the gofundme out as well so that you can um obviously so people can find it if they're interested absolutely Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. yeah Not we'll reciprocate too on our end we'll use our accounts too to share this podcast too um so thank you very much yeah because we're i think we're both um at the beginnings of a new project really because this is new to me as well oh well thank thank you ever so much for recording with me it has been really interesting finding out everything so thank you so much for having us on really really appreciate it it was a pleasure for sure yeah (laughs) there's a bit of you know bit of me trying to get my uh mouth together and actually get you know all the the information out that i actually needed to but there you go (laughs) but that's just an average day for me (laughs) so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Coming this spring to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. The new pod world order proudly presents Cult of Dave's Gift. This April, Dave Weimer and Jerry Butler will team up with internet heartthrob Robert Floyd. That's at 4ColorBigCat827 on the Twitters. And travel the globe and visit the most notorious spots of death, murder, and mayhem. Be warned and prepare yourself for... The Cult of Dave's. Death to her, death to her, death to her, death to her.